0: What is up? What is up, everybody? Welcome to Opening Set, Season 3, Episode 4. As always, your man, King Moe, my good friend, John Reyes, producer extraordinaire, making sure this thing sounds amazing. We have a special guest, but before that, a little housekeeping. As always, like, subscribe, but really just tell your friends about Opening Set. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, and wherever else you get your good podcasts up in your ears. Alright, today's very special guest is Gordo Cabeza. I call him Donovan sometimes because you know we're buddies. He is a veteran SFDJ party entrepreneur and founder of Motown on Mondays. If our folks who don't know what Motown on Mondays is, it is a Motown party that happens on Monday. It's been going on for about, I think, a little over 10 years. It's all over the country. Actually, there's some chapters around the globe. And it's an homage to Motown music, the just soul of uh, all types, funk, disco, remixes, and uh, similar sounds. And in this interview, we asked them what it takes to throw a successful party. I think the philosophy of
1: making it a party for everybody, again, like the door people, the barbacks, the people that come in, and not just about you and what you want to do, um is helpful I think the drive to not sit on something you know once it feels good like but to keep pushing and, and to see what you can do to make it better I never really thought about the guest thing in the way you mentioned it but you know you know I think that's helped you know it's like having just opening it up to a lot of people you know and having it be a space for people to take a chance or to you know get down if they're really interested and have some you know qualifications rather than just being you know the tight click and this is us and you know everyone's come to see us
0: Right now, parties aren't happening, obviously, because of COVID, but when we go back, a lot of party promoters are going to need some type of refresher, or really, actually check this out, there might be a lot of people that want to start throwing parties now. These are really good tips to have in your back pocket when it comes to planning that out. Also in this conversation, we talk about his connection to Motown music, the power of a venue on your side, and the caution of working with your friends. And the reason why I like this combo is because, you know, Gordo is like a longtime friend, but also the respect I have for him as a DJ, an entrepreneur, and really just a love for Motown on Mondays. I've DJed it so many times, and in the conversation, you'll find out that i played almost at every single one. So I was curious, like, there's a story here that needs to be uh, shed. And also... You know, when we go back to throwing parties, I think it's important to kind of have all these tips and tools in the back pocket. And it's definitely part of the whole reason to do opening set, you know, not just to kind of like, you know, prop up DJs, but to offer like useful help. And you can find Goto Cabeza on Instagram. That's spelled G-O-R-D-O-C-A-B-E-Z-A. Fun fact, Gordo Cabeza in English means head. So I don't know, maybe you have a fat head. And maybe you know somebody that has a fat head and you want to insult them in Spanish. But yeah, I, I think uh, his, his head is normal. He was he was a very respectable head. I think uh, it's a head that, you know, anybody would find uh, very attractive and amusing. So, uh You know, that's how we do it. You can also find, of course, the the very powerful Motown on Mondays, on Twitch, every Monday. Find them on Instagram on the same handle. But also, uh, you know, shout out, definitely the LA chapter, DJ Expo, Fatrix, C-Minus, Mona Lisa, what up? And uh, big up Sandy Motown on Monday chapters all over. I'm thinking it's Sacramento with DJ Epic, Seattle with 100 Proven Mr. Supreme, um my oh miami with dj why not see i can go on and on and on so shout out to them shout out to you and uh yeah we do about a little under an hour we talk some uh, some gems so here you go opening set king mo's john reyes go to cabeza let's do it when you came in and sat down to talk to us i asked you about last night and you said it was slow numbers wise but uh, let me just add this real quick before you answer. The place was packed. It was like, oh, the it's a small, it's a small venue, but it was like, it l- looked like a Friday, Saturday night. So kind of give us an idea about Motown on Mondays and the, the kind of the numbers you do every week in the San Francisco uh, location.
1: On an average Monday, it's just, you know, by nine, nine o'clock, I kind of expect it to be wall to wall and, you know, moving. Uh, but that's a Monday, you know, and this is, you know, obviously a special event. But if it's like last night, you know, it was 930 and there was still plenty of, you know, maybe half full, 10 o'clock was, like, seemingly full, but, you know, per my eyes, you know, like I can tell when we're, like, squeezing people in or, you know, they got room to move. You know, it's, it's just tough to tell in our party because the more room that opens up, the more people move. They fill the space, so it's kind of really hard to tell. You walk in, it looks like you don't see a lot of floor space because people are moving for a lot of it. It's like one of those standing crowds, you know, where you can just count them. But I can see, you know, I've been there every, you know, Monday, almost... 10 and a half, you know. 10 years. years. Congrats
0: on that. Yeah, that's awesome. But I think the reason why I asked because I've been there many times. I'm like there almost every week and I've been in that room where you can barely walk from Mm. the DJ booth to the bar and it's even to the point where it almost becomes like a mosh pit because if you're trying to go and the crowd pushes you one way, you're literally <laughs> just kind of like, well, I guess yeah. I'm by the piano now. So exactly. um, yeah, I think the success of this party is such, I mean, I think any party, regardless if it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, to have that many people have a ramp spot is just awesome and, and you know like a great accomplishment to do that every week on a Monday, which is quote unquote off night, it's fantastic. So I know you've kind of gone and franchises party across the nation, but how did the party start? Like tell me like the first few weeks, the first few months, was it wall to wall by nine o'clock or not even close? Or, or yeah.
1: What? I mean, the very first night, it was nine people. It was, you know, <laughs> Fuck, including me and the bartender. So it was, you know, me, the bartender, and then seven other people that came through. And I was absolutely cool with that. I had been working at the bar for years before that. And then, you know, a new owner had taken over and...
0: Shout out to Spike, by the way. Yeah, Spike.
1: Their Mondays were dead and I wasn't trying to build a party. I wasn't trying to, you know, blow up a night. I was just coming in to do music I wanted to play for myself. And I knew no one would mess with me and I knew that, you know, that Spike didn't care if there was people or not because it's just kind of how it was a game night before, you know.
0: So yeah, like the support of a venue and an owner. Who yeah, I wasn't was like, like okay you need it.
1: to bring in people and, you know, this needs to happen. And I didn't have expectations and, you know, I don't remember promoting it much. And I barely like the only reason I got on really Facebook was because like, oh, OK, you know, I think that's right around the same time as I got on Facebook. You know, I was like, I better start using this, you know, to let people know where I am. Yeah, so it's seven people uh in the crowd and you know there's four ladies and they dance like hard for like hours. You know, one of them came up to me and was like, "Oh my gosh, I've been waiting for this like all my life," you know, like, in San Francisco. So I was like, "Wow, I didn't expect anyone to necessarily be here, but let alone like dance so hard on a Monday," you know, and they're just having a blast and just made it so fun for me yeah
0: well another thing i like about the party is that there's regulars there there's people i see all the time yeah and those four ladies become regulars and
1: yeah um one of them did yeah she came back for years and every once in a while she'll pop up again but i mean it's been so long now that people you know moved out of town and but uh she still pops back in and
0: is that kind of the unspoken part of successful weekly is having regulars
1: yes i mean i think there's other ways to do it but yeah absolutely for like the longevity thing you know case yeah i think that uh having regulars and, you know, that'll shift and, you know, you need to create more regulars, not that you can actually necessarily do that, but like build relationships, you know, and, you know, and make people feel like it's a spot for them.
0: Mm -hmm. So is this kind of the idea of like creating a musical safe space, like creating something that they feel familiar and welcomed every week?
1: Yeah, so when I started it, there was a lot of selfish reason in it. You know, I was wanted to get away from the club weekend stuff. I just wanted a night to reconnect. I'd gotten older, had already been like DJing clubs for like 15 years and wanted to play music that I listened to as a kid. And like reconnect with it, and that was like really the main main focus and then when I saw literally on the first night, you know these other people that were so like, "Oh my gosh, I've been missing this, and I need this and it was Monday, Mondays are infamous for you know being hated, so it was like, I want to create the most comfortable and you know relaxing you know enjoyable space on a Monday as I possibly can, so you know I was like cleaning tables and you know making sure the place looked nice and and then also with the thought of Motown, I always thought it was you know such a classy entity that I wanted to like treat it with that kind of care, you know, and attention to detail. So I ended up adding massage and, you know... Yeah, I remember <laughs> that, yeah. Like, how can you know? how can you make this even more special, you know? Like, some people don't want to dance, maybe they just need a break, you know? We added a massage and food, you know, at different points, and yeah, I just make it like a home feeling type space. I always knew that, like, it was kind of a tribute to my mother and my, like, not just my mother, but, like, family that listened to that music, and the reason I listened to the music, so...
0: Mm-hmm. I never really knew that it was a, an ode to not just that era, but also your personal connection to your family. And Motown on Mondays, the whole mom thing, is has like a deeper meaning and a deeper connection for you.
1: Yeah, I always knew it'd be mom, and you know, at that point, like again, I'd been DJing for a long time, and uh, I'd gotten older, and I had grown close to my mom because we weren't close when I was a kid, so. It was like another special way to like be a like personal thing I, as
0: well. You know, it's so funny. I've been there countless times. I've done it. I never knew this side of the story yeah. of the Motown thing because it kind of gets lost. Again, it's a weekly and it's like your usual place to hang out with, which one thing I love because you've been created a space for me is that I know I'll go there and I'll see Fox. I'll see Ilborn, I'll see you and Nopa, all these other locals and regulars. And that's our place to kind of go and connect because you know the life of a DJ is kind of lonely in terms of weekends. Like We're in a room full of people. Saturday and Sunday, or Friday, I should say, but we're not like really engaging with anybody, or oh, we're actually kind of like at odds with the crowd. We're not, they're not they're not our friends. They're just we're trying to make yeah, sure yeah. you're trying to get you know make sure they're not on our case. So
1: lucky if you see somebody, yeah, yeah, outside, you know, yeah, you know,
0: you know. or when you're like your friends come through, it's like yeah, dude, <laughs> fuck yeah, I love it. I think it's another thing I, you know when these weeklies is that some of them take on meetings greater than just uh, want to crack and party and throw. It's just they create like a the safe space or kind of home base for some people so you had no idea when you had those four ladies that this was going to be something you're doing for over a decade how far did you want to take it? like oh just a night that enough people come to or you had zero expectations
1: i guess there was a point when it was like oh can we break this record can we do this you know can we get this number hit this many you know people but i think it just more became about again like what can i add or what can i do to make it more special you know like it just felt good, like people were really enjoying it, you know. And the feedback I was getting from people, they're like, and telling me stories of like how they were attached to the music. Eventually, I ended up writing out like a kind of a like a mom host guide, you know. As we grew, all the DJs that have taken over moms, you know, they're all really qualified and experienced. And I just wanted to let them know, like, you know, my thought on the process, and it was about connecting with the crowd. Like, you're not there just to play the music, you know. Like, at least that's how I started this. But like, say hi to the people and like ask why they're there, you know, what brings them in, you know, kind of thing. Um, I didn't start out with the goal of oh, let's build a community or let's build regulars. Let's you know this is going to bring numbers, but I don't know. I just felt good. I guess when you get that kind of response from people, it just naturally incentivizes you to make it more, right? You know, and then the more people came, you know, obviously the more money I would make, and I'd make oh well, how can I put this back into you know making it even better, right? Mm-hmm. So you know the artwork, you know, it's been more on the artwork or. As it started to grow, I was like, I want to give back to the community. You know, how can we do that? I always thought that, like, there's no way I'm going to make my living on a Monday, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, that wasn't the goal. Like, this is all extra. This is all icing on the cake because I was already doing clubs and, you know, corporate and all that stuff. And like, that was always thought of as the money. So it was just always kind of like the better this gets, hopefully the better I can make it and keep making it, you know? Yeah. So,
0: I love how the fact that you, I think even I would be like, oh, we're making good money, great okay maybe we'll spend money on like a video but the fact that you've kind of gone and do something for the community and you know make sure like how can it be more accommodating to people and I think one thing I actually really like about you is that you're very good it makes me like scratch my head you're always putting people on where does that come from because I think as DJs you can be very protective or very particular like I don't know if I want him, maybe him uh, tell me your thought process on inviting um, I guess creating a space for the DJs specifically
1: yeah it's funny when I first started it I had a core Group of DJ friends that I you know I rolled with and I regularly play with or had thrown parties with, and I was like, hey, I'm doing this new thing. Like, any of you want to come down? Like, come down, you know. And none of them were really playing the stolen funk. You know, we're doing sets like that. You know, we we're all doing breaks or hip hop or you know different styles. They were intimidated by it, and I was intimidated myself. For me, it was like a learning thing. It wasn't like, oh, I'm the master of Motown and Soul. Like, it was like I want to again reconnect and learn. You know. At first, like, nobody came through. And I think maybe it was, like, the second night. It was, like, one of the first few Mondays, uh, Apollo and a Simulac child rolled through. And, like, I had met them before, but they were still, like, big, you know, kind of heroes of mine. Yeah. It made me super nervous, you know. Like, having Apollo roll through and, like, I'm, like, still just learning how to spin Motown and, you know. But they hung out and, you know, they gave props. And as it started building, then people were like, yo, I want to play, you know, because they could see that it was they would come people would come hang out and enjoy them like a lot of DJs would come out and hang but then once it got busy and more visually fun you know it was always fun for me but like once it was like obviously fun uh, then they started asking yeah i mean they were long sets you know and i just felt i think we were doing like six to twelve in the beginning and the hours changed but i was you know doing like at least five six hour sets you know
0: well, yeah. Let me jump in. So usually most club hours are nine to two, but your party is such a success. So you got, you guys started at six o'clock till yeah. two. So that's insane. And you, you ever done the whole six to two by yourself? Yeah, I've done the whole you You're a bad man. <laughs> so was it the first time when someone hit you up to do your party where you were like, what? Like, why would you want to do Like, were you kind of caught off guard or like... At
1: first it was just a core group, of like the friends, and again, they like...
0: It was like Fleck. And, yeah. They
1: started gathering to meet Mateo and like, you know, Tim came in, you know, later, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you get tired of hearing yourself every week. And it's <laughs> that's, like, a good, that's a good thing, you know, yeah. And it's, it became like, I want to hear how other people interpret this music or how they put it together, you know? Sure, so, sure. I don't want to be the only one playing it. I didn't, and honestly, the money was, my deal with the venue was so terrible. <laughs> like, it would be shamed on social media right now. <laughs> like, like, you know, people knew what I was doing a gig for, you know, yeah. <laughs> forever. And then, you know, by the time the numbers started, the people numbers started getting good, which, you know, translated into bar numbers and then dollars, like, but then I added a partner, and then it was still terrible money, you know? So I was like, do people want to play? Like, this is how much I got. You know, I'm down to split it with you. And people just kept coming and asking, you know.
0: They're still down. They they it's, saw something. It's an
1: easy knife. DJs have it off. Everyone's got it off, almost. And it's music they don't get to play a lot. So I think it was that. And I was just happy, yeah, to get the request from DJs. So.
0: Yeah, I think for me, when I, the first time I wanted to do it, because, you know, I'm like such a record collector, and, and making edits of that, it's like, oh, I can play that stuff and not feel that's really gay. It's just nine o'clock or, you know, the background music, it's actually embraced and supported. But yeah, I mean, I give it up to you because you don't necessarily just book like big DJs from the Bay Area. You book just anybody, not anybody, but you know, there's like definitely a threshold of mm-hmm. talent, but you book people I've never heard of and they do a good job. I think that's really commendable. I think it's really awesome. Cause I think DJs can be very like, again, territorial or clicky or like what, the benefit of booking this person beyond just them just doing a good job it's like what's their draw and you know all that type of stuff so I, yeah i think i've always been appreciative of that and most of the people that you've had in your corner for montana mondays have always been like stand-up people overall so we we're talking about the the numbers with the bar at first it wasn't the best deal but it was madrone very supportive
1: yeah i mean behind me in the sense like there was no pressure you know but neither of us expected it to grow or to be a Thing where it would be a you know it was more like just I wanted to do it and there was a space to do it. I don't like you know squeezing you know blood from a turnip. It's like if the money's not there, if the bar's not making money, I'm not mad at not making money. You know, and I'm I'm doing what I want to do. So, I think every situation is different, and you know this one was just like it worked out. And the neighborhood wasn't, you know, popping back then. It wasn't, you know, a place to go. You know, really.
0: Yeah, that's another thing. You, you, a neighborhood a location all has part of the success of the party as well. It's Absolutely, like yeah. you're like a neighborhood bar. Yeah. And then, actually, I was gonna—we were talking about this, uh, earlier before you got on. Um, talking about the, the context of kind of where your party how it fit in because sometimes some parties either add or they kind of like create something brand new. But there was no other Motown parties like Northern Soul nights and or what do you remember?
1: I mean, looking back, I probably should have looked around more. I, I knew that there was like a at Edinburgh they had a a night of vinyl kind of forty five, I believe, night on based on the sixties. Was it the sixties? I also knew that there wasn't a lot of mixing going on, and it was more you know selection and you know rares and um, and I loved it. I mean, I, you know, it was dope. You know, when I again when I started my party, it was just it was literally thinking I was going to go into a room and play music for myself. <laughs> you know, it's kind of what I. That was like the big vision at the, at the at the beginning was like, ah, I finally, you know, get to sit in this room and play some music that I I want to hear. And I didn't think anybody would come and certainly wasn't like, oh, I'm going to steal their crowd or, you know, <laughs> and I don't think it ever did because it's totally different.
0: You know, yeah. Song. Different energy, different vibe. Yeah. Another thing is that the door staff in drone. we've all kind of encountered this, but on both sides of like the velvet rope is that the door people can be super accommodating. Like, I know you, I got you, you can come in. Or they can just be like, you know, the door people from hell. At Madrone, they're like super just friendly and they take care of business when it needs to get done, but otherwise they're pretty friendly. Was that something you kind of sought out? or You cultivate that with the party or... I mean, originally
1: it was, there was no door, right? Because it was Monday, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't need a door for, you know, seven.
0: <laughs> for seven people. bingo. Or the, the five bingo players that come <laughs> in <laughs> all disappointed. Like, fuck, I thought, yeah, you know, yeah. Somebody yeah.
1: get this guy in here. Yeah. <laughs> but once it got to a point, there was a... Uh, the original door guy was Jorge. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: He was awesome. Um, It was definitely a known thing, you know, that I wanted people to be like, this wasn't like your weekend party, you know, like to be treated well and, you know, and like be a little nicer and, you know, or a different way. Like this is a different space, you know, like on Monday. So yeah, Jorge was great for a long time. And then uh, a new crew came in and they love the music. They think they have, you know, an attachment to the music themselves and Mm -hmm. seeing the way I care about the party. You know, they care about the party. And I also started thinking too, and I almost forgot, but, uh, it's been, it's kind of just ingrained now. Like I want everybody that's involved from the door to the bar backs, to the, you know, the bartenders, to the owner, to the people that come. in. I want everyone to benefit and like feel like the energy and feel what's going on here. So like, I had never heard of this and I didn't, you know, no one, I don't think anyone was doing this at Madrone drone or anywhere, you know, that I knew of, but uh, I was like 10% of whatever I make goes to the door guys. So they're still getting that. Like I just now remember that when you said they are still getting that, you know, 10 and a half years later, but uh, somewhere pretty early on, I started that because they're a part of it, you know? Yeah, I want them to be excited about it. I want them to treat people, you know?
0: I think I was talking about this in a previous episode with Sonny James about the door person, is that they are definitely the front line. They're the, I guess the receptionist, they're the first face that they see at the spot. And they can definitely dictate the kind of the tone of how somebody feels the rest of the night. We've all been to parties where the door person is like a complete fucking asshole. And then you go in there and you just kind of feel on guard or you don't feel yourself. And then everyone in the room feels that. And not to be on some like, you know, woo-woo shit, but you kind of feel that energy it's tense and they don't feel welcome and I've never had that problem in my drone. The only time I felt unwelcome or even it was just too packed and you can't move around and that's not intentional. It's just, they feel and they see what you have as something very special. If you're listening to this and you have a monthly party, think about how you have uh, the door people you have because they can be very, really, they can be helpful and they also, they can be hindering at the same time. And then aside from a venue and a door people, also the people you partner with and unfortunately, you kind of had a unfortunate situation with your one of your partners. Did that kind of break your spirit a little bit about continuing the party or how did you kind of bounce back from that
1: yeah so i had been doing it by myself and once it started to grow it started to grow pretty rapidly you know it went from like 7 to 15 to you know 30 to regularly 50 people and by like six seven months and it was like steady you know
0: crowds say 200 people that's eh,
1: not 200 but like steady 50 60 people was the obvious growth, you know, happening. It's like
0: when you say these numbers, so, I just laugh because like, fuck, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like no, that's like 60 no. people like at six o'clock.
1: Yeah. My whole thing was to make it better. Right. You know, I had a old friend that I'd live with made several different, you know, spots in SF and, you know, we'd work together and, you know, DJ together. And I already kind of knew his character. You know, I had actually sworn him off as far as like a mental note, like I'll never work with you. I'll never live with you and I'll never do business with you type takes a lot to get to that point, you know, but I just seen him, you know, do too many things in other situations and also, you know, with myself. So he ended up going away for a program that was like nine months. It was a biodynamic farming program and it was like a very intensive, like get up at four in the morning and, you know, I remember when he was leaving and you know, we were still cool, like as far as like hanging out, but like, like I said, I'd sworn off in, the, in these rounds. So I, I knew his story and I knew what he was going to do. And all the other friends I knew, you know, were like, when he heard, they heard that he was going to go do this and it was like this intensive program, there's like no way he's going to, you know, last, like we were like taking bets, you know, like two months, you know, three months, you know, he's no way he's going to last get to like leave town. And, you know, at some point in the program, they got to come back and he didn't make it back. Actually, he missed the, you know, the ride back. And we're like, <laughs> oh, here it is, you know. Here we know the story. And anyway, he made it back and he, you know, finished the program and he came back and he had been gone, you know, a good amount of time and hadn't been working much and, you know, needed some money and, I had this party it was fun, and, you know, I was like, "Yeah, you can come, if so you've got any gigs, you know, you put them on, you know, you can play, and he, he ended up showing up every week, you know, every Monday. It seemed like there was a turn, you know, a change, and he was dedicated and more focused, and I just remember sitting down one night after, like, maybe a few months, like, him being, you know, solid. You know, I sat down, like, look, I promised myself that I would never work with you, live with you, you know, love you, like, you know, like a brother, but it seems like you made a change, and, like, out, you know, i would love this you know if this is seems like something you're really into you know like we're having a lot of fun and you seem like really passionate about it as i do in fact you have made this change or this is something you know you think will help i'm down to have you come in you know like and partner up with this and like let's make this something
0: it sounds like you were very like open you had a good heart you had the best intentions Mm -hmm. and you had you know reason to believe like okay this person is now kind of flies a little better and has shown promise and just kind of the things that an employer looks for like you know
1: Yeah, it was a lot of problems just a you know, a year or two in with like typical habits and, you know, missing meetings, missing important meetings with like sponsors or venues or, you know, showing up to gigs and not being able to, you know, perform or, you know, like trust him to open up the night and I'd get there and he's playing, you know, techno or jazz at 10 o'clock. And it's like, I get there and everyone's like, what's going on with your guy, you know? So there's just a lot of moments of that. And then, you know, I just gave him a ton of chances and, and chances and chances and chances and, you know wrote up literally like contracts of like here's what's going to happen if you do this like fines and like made it like try to make it as professional as possible and uh you know meanwhile a lot of people you know my corner were like what are you doing cut him loose you know and i'm like nah you know he's, he's got it you know i just kept hoping for the best yeah i just eventually got so bad you know some excuses that you know i started noticing uh numbers missing from the bank account and you know why is this here and then you know get this story and then it was like a few months later we well what's this you decided to pay all your parking tickets with the business account like that's not okay and it was without like we old friends like if you're in need come talk to me but it was like you didn't think i was going to find out like i felt like i was a you know kid and it was like two years later i'm still like he's still there and you know in the end it was like six months of having him there and then basically just having him work let him keep half the pay because he didn't really have any other options and so he'd make a little money but i'd you know take half the pay to pay back the money that he Owed, but I didn't really know much he owed because he would never tell me. It was, it got so messy. I mean, you know, just tons of broken promises, you know? yeah.
0: So you cut him loose, and then you now have like a new core of DJs, yeah.
1: I mean, he was like the first, and you know, like that was like the partner. And then, and then there was one other one, you know, um, Captain Hatton, yeah, no.
0: yeah. <laughs> yes, we we are fortunate, yeah, yeah, no, I was unfortunate.
1: I mean, it happens, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, moving along, you know, there's definitely been some bruises, you know, that happens, in anything, you know, that, that's unfortunate, but it, it does occur. But I want to talk about, you know, having a successful party in any city is like an accomplishment. But you're able to kind of replicate this in how many cities now again? This number blows me away.
1: Like 40 plus. Dude. But, you know.
0: There's been some casualties along the way. There's casualties,
1: but, you know, some of them were also like either one-offs or uh, seasonal, you know, Toronto. We did like a seasonal four-run, you know, series that was planned to, you know, start and end. But... um. I mean, I know how it happened, but it blows my mind. It, you know, it was all by, you know, the crazy part about it for me is it was all by request. Like, there was never, like, a we want to go somewhere. Oh, let's check out this city. You know, that would be a great city to be in. We know somebody there. It was, like, people were asking, you know. And first one after San Francisco was Honolulu. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, I think I, mean, I went to that, actually, yeah. So, yeah,
1: yeah it was yeah. probably about the year mark of SF chapter and, uh one of my friends, uh, Charity. She was big in the scene, you know. Promoter, and she was having to move back. She was a regular at Motown on Mondays in San Francisco, and she was having to move back to Honolulu to help her brother with the venue. And she was like, almost in tears, of not in tears, like you know, one of the last nights, being like, "What am I gonna do? I am gonna miss this so much. Like this is my therapy." And uh I was kind of caught off guard, and I was like, "I, I don't know. I mean, you are going, you know, run a club. Why don't you throw a Motown Mondays for yourself out there, you know?" And I was just thinking, not like. Ooh, like we can be out there. It was more more like <laughs> play some Motown on Mondays, you know. You know, like, like Hawaii, you know it'll yeah. feel it'll feel like home, you know. Yeah. So they did, and, and then after that, I think that caught attention of uh, Josh in LA, and
0: oh, shout out DJ Expo for sure, for sure. Yes,
1: yeah, and then just by like you said, like you know, having a lot of guests, you know, you tap into a lot of circles and people go back to their hometowns, like, man, I wish I had something like this, you know, so.
0: And so you're totally, like, flattered that they want to do what you're doing and, and they also ask for your blessing, which is kind of a rare thing because some people in DJing, they see an idea and they say, I'm just going to replicate it without even kind of okaying yeah. it and, and whatnot. But the fact that they kind of still check in with you is, I don't know, a shout out to them, that's that's a gentlemanly or the adult way of doing something. Yeah, I
1: mean, there's still opinion. people ad- I mean there's cities out there doing it that have clearly, you know, but you know taking it. But uh,
0: do you take it as a, a sign of like flatter do you get flattered like, hey, you know, I guess I must be doing something tight if someone's yeah, gonna copy it without Yeah,
1: absolutely. And also, you know, the reason why I'm so open to like letting it, you know, expand and grow is A, they were quality people, you know, they were asking, you know, for the most part. And there's been times where I've said no and I didn't it was like, nah, this isn't the right vibe or the oh, fit, you okay. know.
0: This kinda of hits upon the entrepreneurship and knowing when to say no when to say yes. Did you say no because you felt like it would water down the brand, or maybe the venue wasn't right, or maybe?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, one time in particular, it was uh, probably answer another question. It was like, why isn't there one in Detroit? But like, oh, yes, it was yes, actually be a good <laughs> question. Yeah, I guess um, so. So it was actually a request from Detroit, and it was this guy that was like, I don't even know his name, but he was clearly doing a lot of big things with a lot of rappers and whatnot. And M Mathers, perhaps? Or... Yeah, <laughs> no, not that. Okay. Yeah the vibe and the artwork that he was using for his flyers and the kind of things, events he was throwing, I just didn't feel like he was going to get, this isn't for flash and money, you know. I want it to be about the people and the music, you know, and not just... Your your original intentions. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. more like on that, you know, for the love of my mom and respect, you know. I don't know, I just felt it wasn't right, so. no, And then other times it was just like people that just were super flaky or, you know, like I'm not going to work hard to get back to you, to give you... To set this up for you, you know, that's not, if you want it, then you should have the initiative to make it happen. So,
0: yeah, you yeah, have never turned to the Detroit thing. I think that's so, I think that's funny. That's the one the one city you turned down to. Would
1: have loved to have been there. I was so excited. I mean, like his resume was, you know, he'd done some things, you know. So it was like yeah. tempting because it was like clearly he can, he knows some people and he could do some stuff, but yeah, it just didn't feel right. Then you don't want to be in, in Detroit and do it wrong, you know? Yeah, exactly.
0: And, like what? Yeah, I just blow everyone's minds. As we record this, you've marked 10 years about doing this. What are maybe like your one or two things, a piece of advice you can give to other people that throw parties that you've now learned or mistakes you've learned from, um, you know, now that you're on the other side of that?
1: I think the philosophy of making it a party for everybody, again, like the door people, the barbacks, the people that come in, and not just about you and what you want to do um is helpful. I think a drive to not sit on something, you know, once it's, it feels good, and like, but to keep pushing and, and to see what you can do to make it better. I never really thought about the guest thing in the way you, you mentioned it, but you know, you know, I think that's helped. You know, it's like having just opening it up to a lot of people, you know, and having it be a space for people to take a chance or to you know get down if they're really interested and have some you know qualifications rather than just being you know the tight click and this is us and you know everyone's come to see us type thing. So those would all be helpful. I mean, there's, there's a million tips and they all have exceptions, you know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, those are all good. And talking about the scope of your party, uh, I was at your party last night and there was a couple that came up and they asked for a song, like a Leon Bridges track. And I guess they have like a special connection to Mom, uh, on Mondays.
1: Yeah, they came in. Uh, actually, friends of theirs came up to me and said, hey, uh, our friends are here. They just got engaged. You know, they're kind of celebrating here because they met here you know, at your party a year and a half ago and they met during the song, you know, Leon Bridges and you know, wanted me to play it. So it felt good to know that love had blossomed there, you know. Yeah. I've seen it happen, you know, like oh you have? <laughs> yeah, there was another guy that hit me up on Facebook and he was like, Hey, I met my girl there and I want to propose to her there. So he we actually did a proposal on stage, like Wow Yeah, yeah during the set. And like so, kind of surprised her. I was like, Oh, you know, so and so here, like I think we have your ID you know, had her come up and, and he proposed to her and did the whole thing. I, I wouldn't do that at a, a lot of parties, but I guess being in the in the space of a mom, you know, Motown Monday is like it's a different kind of party, so more family based, you know, and like do that kind of thing, shout outs. And-
0: yeah, yeah, and, and in fact, you know, I'll be there and there'll be regulars and there, there's people I see every week that I don't know you by name, but we always say hi, and how you doing? And I get this all connects and circles back to your ethos of creating like a space for something special and not just for yourself and not just being about like, come see me and see us and that's how it is. So I guess, yeah, it's contagious and they sense it and and that's probably another reason why it's successful besides the quality of DJing and the music. So, And I just said, you know, quality of DJing you know, you do have a lot of guests. And again, like I said before, like I really commend you for kind of opening up your you know, your party to a lot of people. Give me, uh, from like top to bottom, of your thought process on getting guests and what do you tell them and the standards you have and anything else uh, people want to know.
1: You know, we're at a fortunate spot. I have so many people just asking to be on. So it's kind of weeding through. Like, you know, the out-of-town people, you know, obviously they only have one chance or, you know, very limited number of chances to get on. So I give, you know, special attention to those when I can ideal night for me is three, three DJs, me and like two other guests. So there's a couple people from out of town and they know they're not coming back and, you know, they come recommended or I've seen them or or their name around or, you know, played the remixes, you know, I'll I'll make it happen. Um, Take a bigger chunk out of them, you know, the pot or whatever, you know, it's, it's worth it to me. Um, Been fortunate not to have to like seek out, too many every once in a while i'll try and get some heavy hitters in there or just people that either i really want to hear again you know play mom or that haven't played mom yet that, you know so those are kind of people i seek out that maybe haven't sought us out you know at miles medina coming up you know and i I know he's got it in him and you know and i've talked to him about it and so i'm really excited about that you know so like i'm not going to sit and wait for him to come ask me because yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, he's know. busy he's busy and uh yeah you know there's people that i want to have on and it's just been a yeah blessing to have like blessing and a curse. It's you know some people just like ask me a lot. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
0: I'm available. I'm available. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. Again, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. That's when people hit you for the first time. That's also another sign of success. Aside from people copying it, it means people want to really get their foot in the door and use your party as hopefully a way to kind of get their thing going. Or you know they just loved it so much. So. Yeah, I mean, when I've done parties and people hit me up for a guest, I'm like, "Really, you want to do this? Like, why?" Like, I mean, I take, I'm flattered. So I think, and also, I guess, I kind of take it as like, "Okay, people think what we're doing is kind of interesting enough where they want to give up a Friday or Saturday night to come do it." So, yeah, but I, I think it's always cool to hear the, uh, how the inner workings of your version goes. And in the, I know in the LA One Expo is always good about you know getting putting people on and getting guests. I think he sends like an email kind of breaking down. Not to kind of give away, not to like talk about, you know, the LA uh, chapter or Morning. give Expos um, kind of like form of success, but he's very clear on what to play, what not to play. But you're more just, you seek out people that haven't done it and don't get to do it as, as often.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I give priority to people. Like my actually goal for the last handful of years has been to either have guests that haven't played or haven't played in over a year. I'll go through it. sometimes and make a list and be like, or look back the list of, you know, names that I have and say, oh, yeah, they haven't played in, you know, a year plus, you know, and try and get them back in the rotation. But, I mean, it's been months now, I feel like, that the guests have been, never. it's all debut sets, you know. Maybe they played another mom, you know, another city, but, you know, but they haven't played SF. So it's like, it's crazy to me how many people have, how many DJs
0: have played. Yeah, you put and, money in a lot of people's pockets, bro. And uh, oh, That says a lot, man. You got to really commend yourself for that shit. You know, I think I've done like how many? I've done the Miami. No, have I done the Miami? One? No, I have not. I've done LA a bunch of times. I've done SF a bunch of times. I've done Oakland. I'm doing Sacramento. And the month when this airs, we're recording in December. I'm doing Sacramento. Yeah, shout out John Reyes, um, DJ Epic, Billy Lane. Yeah. What have I done Chris for Hopkins? I think have I done? I want to say I've done another one, like a random one.
1: You Seattle? You say that?
0: Yeah, they've done Seattle. They've yeah, done it a long time ago. Um,
1: San Jose, you
0: say? I've done San Jose, yeah, <laughs> even I'm forgetting too.
1: It's crazy to me, like some of the DJs, like, I mean, Shortcut's done so many cities, but like Maceo, like De La Soul, you know, has done like a ton, of, like, when he played uh, with us in San Francisco, he like, yeah, so many cities, and he started naming off cities, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you've been to all those mom cities? That's crazy to me. Yeah. Well, He, like, actually, he actually wants to start one.
0: Yeah, in like Palm, Palm Beach. Beach. Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah. But <laughs> well, right. it's even crazy. So, for saying, Maceo, name some other guests. I mean, you have Jazzy Jeff. By the time this airs, Jazzy Jeff yeah. will just complete your tenure, uh, 10 year, and Kamal Williams, uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the London Jazz Cat. So, yeah, like flex uh, some other people, or just even name some other people that, you know, other guests have you had in like 10 years, because it's like a shit ton of people, dude. Man, yeah. Like, all my heroes. <laughs> yeah, really. Let's go, let's I mean, Jazzy Jeff run, is kind of that. Run through them, man. Run through them. Run
1: through them. Oh, uh, man. Uh, Prince Paul, Macio, s- you know, Scratch Bastard, Z Trip, uh, Large Pro,
0: oh uh, shit, uh, like Professor damn, nice, LA. Um, King most King Mos, King Mos, King Mos, King Mos, King Mos, <laughs> John Reyes. <Riz. laughs> <laughs> wait, John, have you done the party?
1: <laughs> Absolutely, oh, yeah.
0: there you go. All right, cool. I was, I was, I was, I was hoping you'd say yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, a uh oh yeah, uh, rev- uh, Revolution, uh, Rectangle, re- Reflex, um, Danny Crivet like. Just names that you, you know, dude.
0: All right, I'm gonna go on record. So, Danny Krier, you talking about the LA one, the Ace Hotel?
1: Um, he's done a couple times now. He did. We did one with the SF. We did one in. Uh, he didn't do like the SF Madrone, but he did. We did one at a uh, Mighty. Yeah.
0: Like yeah, a yeah. mom. Yeah. Version
1: right. at Mighty, and then uh, he did. Uh, he's done LA proper, I think.
0: Yeah, let me tell you. When I played with him, it was shout out to Expo once again. It was the uh, Ace Hotel. I think it was like Memorial Day weekend. It was some three day weekend. So I was there. <laughs> I was like my best friend. Ed Booth. Uh I DJ a set and then we're just having a good time hanging out and Danny Craig wasn't going. Go and I'm a huge disco guy. Like disco is really like that's one of my favorite genres to play. And I'd say like about maybe 45 minutes, an hour before he got on, uh me and Boom dropped a little ecstasy. <laughs> and he gets on and we're just kind of grooving and like he's playing these like eight-minute disco songs, he's soaring strings. Perfect. Like right. the sun is setting. And me and him were just like rolling our fucking balls off. We're like, this is the best. And we're like, we're the best. Yeah, we're the best. Good time. <laughs> we're, and like, people are coming up, You had a great set. I'm like, so did you, you, you. High five. I was just like, straight hug patrol. It was the fucking best shit. And that's one of the best nights of my life. Yeah. It was like, again, sunsetting. Danny Kirbett, he's playing dis- soaring discos. And I'm just on drugs. was like one of my best friends on the rooftop. It sounds good on and
1: off drugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. Yeah, I imagine so,
0: it. by proxy, thank you for, you know, <laughs> that's like one of the last times I think I ever, I ever did uh hard drugs like that oh, what is so we're talking about other cities? just you know mentioned the, the ace hotel and whatnot how involved are you in uh with other cities just kind of like you know you to you vet them and you give them the green light and the keys you just kind of step back or do you kind of check in or what's up it's kind of
1: involved as much as they, as they want me to be or like are willing to like communicate with me like i don't have the, the resources to reach out to all of them every week and check in djs are hard to get a hold of and you know hard to get calls back and, my, and myself included but uh the cities that do reach out and communicate and say, hey, we need this, or what are you doing for this, or how do we do this, or, you know, maybe can we get this, some help on this? I'm, you know, 100% in, like, to make that happen, you know, and that's been, like, Josh has been really good about that, you know, so we've worked on special events and parties and, you know, I've helped him out when, he, you know, he needs funds to get a certain artist or to do a certain thing, and I have, like, a mom host guide of kind of how to take the philosophy behind the party and what, you know, what it means, and then there's kind of, like, a proposal of, like, Here's how things should work. You know, here's what I'm willing to do with you as far as, you know, marketing and this and that. And here's what I can handle. And here's what you can handle. And here's how we should communicate, you know?
0: Yeah. So is that kind of like your way to kind of perform a, a mentorship type of role? Like, I will kind of show you the ropes a little bit, follow me, and, and you can be successful and, and whatnot.
1: Like, having gone to so many cities and seeing what works and doesn't, you know, at some point I realized, like, this is what's working and this is what doesn't work, you know? These are the cities that are still here and these are the cities that aren't. And there's really, like, a pretty clear Formula that like if you do these you know fifteen things you're probably going to be around you know okay. and but it takes the venue and you know it's not just the the DJs but it takes the venue
0: out of those fifteen points a lot of things are kind of in the control and kind of yeah, out of control yeah, yeah, you yeah know? I feel that yeah it's yeah the, uh, a mom most of
1: it's in their con- in control though, really
0: okay you know? oh man so has there ever been like one that didn't succeed and they it, an exception where they followed everything to the T and didn't go well or
1: no. <laughs> Damn, I love that. Dude. <laughs> no, I, and I, that's why it blows me away when they don't. You know, I was like, like I'm telling you, like
0: do this. Yeah, <laughs> one plus At least, one like, equals two. You know, I'm
1: not saying it won't. That won't. That that formula won't ever fail. But like, I haven't seen it fail yet. You know,
0: well, what's what's something on that 15 point list that we wouldn't expect to see and be like, oh, really? Yeah, because I'm curious now. Because that's somebody that I, I kind of throw parties. I, I love always talking to other people that throw events.
1: I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if there'd be anything on the list that you'd be like, I didn't know that. You know, they all seem pretty logical. But uh, the way our event is thrown, you know, there's, there's elements that are, uh, I believe, keys to success. To it, like video playing, you know, for us oh, is a, wow. a big element on a Monday night for a sound that gets played a lot of cafes and department stores and other places you walk into and can be easily blended into the background of being like oh this bar just playing some old time music because it's a monday and you know so when you're growing a party like having our video playing rather than maybe just a soul train video or no video at all of where we have like our own imagery and you know, videos of other cities, and you know, and people dancing, and and then like original footage of Motown artists doing shows and people dancing to that, and the styles, and being like, I think it helps, you know, the kids and you know, the younger generation, or anybody just walking into the bar going like, oh, I hear this music, oh, there's the video, they connected to and then it's like, this is a thing. I just walked into a thing. Look, oh wow, you know, you can get, you can dance to this music, or you, you know, like wow, there, you know, that style was, you know going on back then you know, or, yeah. you know it's just like i can tell like you know i'm a drone when there's like when a screen one screen goes out the, the whole energy of the room changes wow
0: like or when it goes blue and you see, like play insert dvd I mean, for it, a minute you know yeah, it's not yeah. a big
1: deal but like when like a projector's out like when one of the main projectors is out like uh-huh. it just throws the vibe off for me like in the party like you can wow. feel it yeah,
0: it's true yeah because i've seen that video real like so many i don't want
1: people watching it but it's like just you know yeah it connects what we're trying to do and
0: yeah. Also, it's like this kind of unspoken resume because you see all these like fellow DJs uh, or famous like f- people from all of the other events. Pop-up. Yeah. Area. And like, oh, okay, they do it. This is all from other Montana Mondays and this place is dope. It, assuming that the person's never been there yeah. and they don't know much about it. And they're like, oh, shit, this is the place to go. Even Because, yeah, I think that's another part of success is that, you know, your party has your kind of your core heads that go for the music and then you kind of cross a point where people just go because it's the cracking night. But I've noticed you guys have stepped, I've pretty much stuck to your guns the whole time. Like, it's rare to hear hip hop. I mean, not to say there's anything wrong with that, but if I do hear hip hop, it's like Motown samples like in, yeah. or like flips or something. Yeah, I think that's another thing that I could say is, if I could say as an outsider, it's part of success that you stay true to a sound and a formula. Because I understand I've been to parties when it start as one thing, and they kind of, when they reach that critical mass, they, you know, the DJs, they kind of like, ah, well, let's just get what people want. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so. Yeah, props I've, to you i've been a part of
1: those parties and yeah we all walked, have walked away yeah, yeah because yeah. of that I was yeah like,
0: all is, djs you know, yeah. yeah all djs in this podcast that, that have come on and yeah. listeners that have been in that position where they, it's like oh shit like we you know yeah.
1: i will say like i feel like people can walk into our party sometimes you know on a, on a particular guest you know maybe it doesn't have hasn't played our party and be there for 20 30 minutes and that's all they give it and then walk away and think that you know and think wow this party is not Doing any Motown, or they're not doing this, or they're not doing that, because it's an eight-hour eight party. So yeah, you fucking, take it all into, you yeah. know, if you're there for a good chunk, uh-huh. you will get the the gist of it. But like sometimes you might step in at the wrong time, you know, and are yeah. the wrong set or moment, you know, and be like, this isn't right, you know. How did he get there, you know?
0: Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, like when I play, like I'll just so. play like a lot of disco, like Philly stuff, or like funk, or like boogie, but it's still like in the sense of like. 70s and 80s R&B soul at that time. I play. I've done. I've done like I play like Latin covers or salsa covers or reggae reggae covers of that stuff. And yeah, that's no Jamaica's nowhere near Detroit, but it you know it's in that same kind of you know melody and harmony and era and whatnot. So yeah. So uh, we always ask you know every, at the end of every episode a song that gets somebody hyped. But since you're a, you know, a Motown aficionado, favorite Motown song that you feel doesn't get enough. Enough shine in the, uh, in the world of Motown. I know we all have our big hits, but there's of that is like, you know what, this is one that, you know, rings, rings oh, my man, personal. Oh, man, I thought block.
1: you were going to make an easy one. I was <laughs> uh, like, I know the number one hits. I know whatever no, the no. rocks to.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we all know that. Yeah, but an under, an under the radar one that's kind of like, uh, this is a, a personal favorite that you've discovered in your 10 years doing the party.
1: You know, a song that I really like, that like just floors me when I listen to it, is uh, the originals, I Like Your Style. I'm saying that right. but I fucking love that song. Um, <laughs> and I think it's like a, it takes me back to a time. Yeah. And I wish people reacted to it as much. So I would, I would play it more, you know. And I do play it anyway, but, you know. You know nice. personal favorite.
0: Well, yeah. You, hold on real quick. You said growing up and listen to this, I know you're Latino descent. Did any of this Motown listening growing up kind of be part of like the whole like oldies world? Or was it just more like, was it listening to your household as like a, just pop music at the time? Or was it both?
1: my youth before like uh you know 12 you know um i live with my uncle in oakland and he ran a tire wheel uh, customizing shop mostly out of his garage but we'd go around to all the like the used car dealerships and we put you know white walls and pinstripes and uh, side molding you know on all the like back and this is like late 70s um early 80s you know i mean the, the the car dealerships back then i feel like in oakland you know in the late 70s we were playing a lot of the, you know the old soul and you know then you know I had cousins that were into low riders and you know it was around you know so you know we would roll around and uncle bobby munoz would you know put on some jams and that was you know
0: that was it. Yeah. yeah so there's definitely. Uh, and he wasn't actually my uncle, but he was like your <laughs> uncle.
1: But my uncle told me he was my uncle. <laughs> that that you was know, that one you of need. those situations, you know. Yeah, everyone's your cousin. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's your cousin. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's your uncle. It took me forever to figure that out. <laughs> but,
0: that but, but without him, you wouldn't be here. All right, cool, man. Thank you so much, my man, Gordo. Thank and, you. Yeah. And what's the name of it's the song? Originals. The
1: Originals. And I like your style.
0: Originals. I like your style. All right. Wonder we'll what that one, my man. All right, dude. Shout out, man, Gordo. Is it Donovan Gordo Cabeza? I I just call you Gordo or Don. I just have so many names for you.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of names. I, never, <laughs> I didn't want to be a DJ. So. Oh, okay. So is, is Gordo a, Cabeza was a joke stuck, <laughs> and now it's become a bunch of different things. You know, yeah, people call
0: you Gordo, but no, not, Don Gordo's the latest one. Yeah, I just uh, so, yeah. People say, "Oh, Donovan," I'm like, because there was like a like a EDM kind of house DJ out here. That's like how oh, I Donovan. Man, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Donovan? that was the reason I did
1: Gordo. I was like. He took took himself too seriously, and I was like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, and
0: then Gorda, like, you don't have a fat head, so I don't know. We used to tease each other
1: when we were kids. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fat head. All right, right, thank you. (laughs) Thank you.